0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Daniel chapter one. And uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna begin something um, that we're gonna carry through for the next few weeks. We may do a little there may be a couple of little um little things that we do in between, but I think we're going to stay in this, in this book of Daniel for a little bit, uh, because there's so much in it. There's so much more to Daniel than Daniel's and Daniel in the Lion's Den. And, uh, whilst that is a great story, it's just a small portion of it. And so we're going to, uh, read something, um, in this story, um, of Daniel. Daniel, the book of Daniel is, is such an interesting book. It's a historical book, but it's also a prophetic book. Um, and it gives um, such prophetic insight, um, I believe, into uh, the day and age in which we're living right now. Uh, the book of Daniel is, if you like, an Old Testament um, book that mirrors a New Testament book, that being Revelation. Um, and so there's so much that we can learn from this book um, and this man's life. And so we're going to begin it today. And, uh, and I'm going to read a couple of verses. Are you there already? Make some noise if you have it in front of you. Oh, okay. Okay. Some people brought their Bibles. All right. Let's get ready to go. Daniel chapter one, verse five. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them. So that at the end of that time, they might serve before the king. Now from among them of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, the name Shadrach, to Mishael the name Meshach, and to Azariah the name Abednego. In verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart. Say heart, or you would say heart. <laughs> Shut up. Why are you laugh at me every time? purposed in his heart that... You're still laughing. It's not even fair. (laughs) How am I supposed to preach up here? And he would not, that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with a wine with which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. I want to focus our attention um, on that phrase that Daniel purposed in his heart. Another Version of it says that Daniel purposed in his mind or he decided. Um, the interpretation of it is that Daniel made a decision, a firm decision from his inner man. That, that's what it's speaking of. So head, heart, you could put soul in there. Uh, but Daniel made an intentional firm, secure, grounded decision. That's what is happening here. I want to share this morning just surrounding a very simple thought. I want to talk about a made-up mind, a made-up mind. I want us to understand when we leave here today, I, I, my heart, one of my prayers is that you would leave here today understanding how much more powerful and stable you become when you have a mind, an inner person that is made up. When you as a believer are not faltering from one opinion or another, When you are not double-minded, as Scripture says, makes you unstable, not in one way. doesn't make you unstable just in the decision you're trying to decide. It makes you unstable in all your ways, the Bible says. And so if double-mindedness makes you unstable in all your ways, single-mindedness makes you stable. So then any decision that comes across your path, if you are somebody that has your mind made up, you can be stable and secure and know what God wants you to do and how you need to navigate the next move in your life. And there is power that is actually made available to us, but only when we can establish that my mind is made up that I cannot be shaken, I cannot be moved, I cannot be bought because my mind is made up. The same way the enemy tried in this story to influence Daniel and the other Hebrew boys that were with him by indoctrinating him with the ways of their world and the ways that they lived, we need to be reminded that the enemy's plan has not changed. That what the enemy more often than not is trying to do to believers today is to indoctrinate us and continue to feed us with things that feed the world and satisfy the world to try and convince us that that's gonna carry any weight with us as believers. But when we understand that my mind is made up, that I have a purpose that is different to where I am located, that God has done something in my heart and He's directing my step and I am not going to give in to the temptation around me, my mind is made up, my mind is set. If ever we need believers that have a made up mind, it's right now, it's right now. That we can believe one thing and see a post and everything changes. We can believe something else and we see a news article and everything changes. You can walk in to get your hair cut and one conversation with your hairdresser, you walk out believing something totally different to what you believed before you went in there. And we are persuaded and we are swayed and we are unsure. And I firmly believe that it is a very clever strategy of the enemy to catch us off guard and cause us as, to, as believers to be confused and to be unsure. Because if I'm unsure, I'm easily distracted. And if I'm unsure, then you can bring an argument that... If you present it the right way, I might start to believe. And if I'm unsure, I'm not stable. And if I'm not stable, I'm not going to do what God has called me to do. And I may miss my purpose. And I may exist in a palace that I'm not called to exist in. I'm called to change. Daniel's life from this decision that he makes... This one decision that Daniel makes changes everything. If you know the story of Daniel, you know so much more than just Daniel and the lions, Then you know that from this moment he steps into incredible favour. He starts to get prophetic visions. He starts to get prophetic words and he starts to affect change. But it all stems from one single decision to say my mind is made up. And what I want to give you today, I really believe is going to help you. I believe that if you take what I'm going to give you today, I believe that you can apply it to every single decision in your life. I dare say many of you, if not all of you, are facing a decision in your life right now that needs to be made. We face decisions every day. Maybe it's a decision pertaining to your work situation. Maybe it's a decision regarding your family. Maybe it's a decision regarding a potential relationship. And the power that you can step into and activate in your life when your mind is made up. And I want to give you three things today that I promise you, if you apply this to every single decision, you'll land on your feet. And where God wants you to be, are you ready? Yes. There's a couple of things that I want you to write down, and then and we're gonna uh, we're gonna have a look at them. We're gonna have a look at them. I want you to see in this story that Daniel, when Daniel came into this situation, what was presented before him and the opportunity he had was not his focus. When they, when they brought the, the food and, and, and the wine, Daniel didn't stand there and say, well, how many trans fats are in this? And how many, how much protein? And is the wine organic? And he didn't, he he was not entering into a conversation because his focus was not the opportunity in front of him. It was the God that he served. And the first thing that I want you to write down, and these are questions that I want you to ask yourself when it comes to making a decision so that you can land in a place where your mind is made up, the first question you have to ask yourself is what is my focus? What is my focus? As believers whose lives are surrendered to Jesus, this won't help you if your life's not surrendered to Jesus, and I can get everyone to bow their heads and clothes so you can get up and leave if you want to and maybe catch the rest of your day because he's not going to fly. Because if your life is not surrendered to Jesus, that means that you don't, don't have a singular focus. You've got two focuses. One is what you want and one is what Jesus wants. And as long as you have two focuses, you will always live double-minded. But when our focus, our primary focus as believers, as somebody whose heart is surrendered to Him, when my primary focus is Jesus, it makes every decision that much easier. Hebrews tells us, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, therefore we also since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that He set before us. Verse 2, looking unto what? Dear Lord, that was horrible. Looking unto Jesus. that Jesus would be the focus. If if I can establish Him as the focus that helps me determine everything else that comes into my life and comes across my path. That many of us get confused when it comes to work situations because Jesus is not your focus, your success is. And yes, God wants you to succeed. And yes, God wants to bless you. But could it be that there's a level of blessing and success He desperately wants to give you, but He'll only give it to someone whose focus is just Him? And maybe the very blessing that you want and desiring is the very blessing that you're missing out of because you've created the blessing as the idol and the success as the idol, and that's your focus, not your God. But when we can say, Lord, you're the focus. And even if what I do right now fails, I still win because I focused on you. Would we pass that test? Would we pass the test of failing with fulfilment? Knowing that I did what God wanted me to do. Many times in my life when I've had to do things that didn't have great outcomes and didn't get great accolades from people and many of them people wouldn't even know and I didn't walk away from those moments feeling on top of the world. I walked away feeling like crap, feeling like I just gave up something that was good but knowing that if I was standing before the throne of my Heavenly Father right now, I could look him in the face and say, I did what I felt like you told me to do. Because that's when we know he's the focus, that even in failure, I still have fulfilment. Because if your fulfilment is only determined by your success, then success is your focus. And you can do a lot of great things on this earth when success is your focus. And you can build a lot of great things because that's what they did with the Tower of Babel. But how many know that things that are big on this earth may not be big in the kingdom of God? And things that are small on this earth, I think when we get to heaven, we're going to find out that those little things that we have thought were nothing were big things to God. What's your focus? When our focus is Jesus, it makes making godly decisions that much easier. When my focus is Jesus, because it's him I'm pleasing and not others, so then when I do something that I believe is right and I don't get accolades from people, I'm not discouraged because I was never doing it for people, I was doing it for him. And it's not that the accolades and encouragement of people are, are, are bad, but I've learnt something along this journey of ministry that sometimes people will applaud you, sometimes they'll pull you down and if you live your life according to the opinions of others, you will end up miserable. We have to live with a focus that is God, that is Jesus. So that when things get difficult and we need to make difficult decisions, my focus is Jesus because it's difficult to forgive. It's it's difficult to make a decision that I'm going to choose peace over anxiety is difficult. To make a decision that I'm not going to be self-absorbed, not i going to be generous is difficult. But when he is my focus, I can make that decision with a mind that's made up knowing that I'm not doing this for anybody else. I'm not doing it because it feels good. I'm not doing it because it's easy. I'm not doing it because it's gonna make the most amount of money. I'm not doing it because I'm gonna get the most likes or the most followers. I'm doing it simply because my life is surrendered to Jesus and he is my focus and that's who I'm here to serve. And my mind is made up. My mind is made up. I want you to write down the second question to get you to a place of a made-up mind because what's the right decision to make when it comes to questions that come across our path? What is God's will? What is God's plan? The second question you need to ask yourself is does it require faith? Does it require faith? Because living for Jesus, living a life that's focused on Him will always involve risk and risk requires faith. Because point one, focusing on Jesus, it's like, cool, we're like, yeah, I want to focus on Jesus. Jesus. I want to live for Him. But then the first step, the first step to focusing on Jesus and living a life surrendered to Him is a step of faith because without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And 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 living by faith is hard. Taking a step of faith, we, we, we talk about it in church so often, But but it's almost like we talk about it that we forget how hard it is. You ever had to take a real step of faith? You ever had to step out not knowing where you're gonna land? If you're gonna land? You ever got to that place where you're like, God, I wanna do this. God, I wanna live for you. God, I wanna give everything to you. And then you're ready to go and you're like, It's hard to do, isn't it? You ever get feel like God takes you right to the edge and He says, okay, this is what I want you to do. This is what you need to do. You need to forgive this person, but you're not sure if you're gonna get hurt again and you're not sure how vulnerable you're gonna be able to handle the vulnerability and you won't take the step and then... And then, and then we get charged up again. We're like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to step out. I'm going to believe with my finances. I'm going to believe in my kids. I'm going to trust in you, God. I'm going to give you more. I'm going to surrender. And then you go, ah. and then we sort of stay in this little safe space. And then we sort of create this theology around us based on portions of scripture that make me feel better about staying right here. And then we stay here and we just want to sing worship. go, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we want to give all this sacrifice to Him and say, Lord, I worship You. But then we forget that He says that it's more important to be obedient than sacrifice. And then he says that, and then we just sacrifice louder. We go, No, thank you, Jesus. And we think if we do it louder, it'll be more acceptable. Thank you, Jesus. And the holier we get, I'll get a bigger Bible, and and I'll get to the front row of church, and I'll go, Thank you, Jesus. And then we busy our life with positions that we think God will value. And we become a little deacon in the church and then we get become a small group leader. And all the time we're looking saying, God, are you pleased? And God's saying, no, no, just step out in faith. How much time have we wasted doing things in the safe space? Trying to convince God we're operating by faith. It doesn't take faith to sing a song at church on a Sunday. Give me a break, bro. Go to China. They'll tell you about it. Go live in China and then you'll learn what it is to go to the underground church where you can die on the way to church. That's faith. Go talk to people that are living in Middle Eastern countries right now. Go to places like Indonesia where you'll see people in church and I've seen them with scars across the side of their neck where people came and tried to machete their head off just because they were a Christian. That's faith. But we will rock up at church on a Sunday in Orange County in our pretty outfit thinking like we're giving God something? You think God's up there? You think God's up there saying, wow. Let's go, Orange County, 11 a.m. service, woo! I'm not trying to break your heart, but I do think we're in a day and age where we can't pull punches anymore, enough's enough. We've got to get stronger, we've got to get more grounded, we've got to get more faith, and we've got to start to believe that He is the God of Scripture and we need to get our mind made up based on what do I believe? And will I step out in faith? Do I trust him enough to step out when it doesn't make sense? When I don't know where I'm gonna land? when I don't know what tomorrow holds, when I might get hurt again, or I may end up with no money in the bank, or they may leave you, or something might happen in your family, but you have to get to a place where whatever happens, you don't care because your mind is made up and you don't serve people and you don't serve yourself. You serve the God of the Word. And you say, my mind is made up and I'm going to take a step of faith. The woman with the issue of blood, the first step that she took outside of her door that day was a step of faith. We don't understand it because of context and culture. But she should have been ostracised, embarrassed, ridiculed. It was against the law for her to be around people. But she took a step of faith. Blind Bartimaeus, when he got up after they told him to shut up and he was not healed yet, he stood up and took a step of faith. A blind man in the dark that couldn't see anything that was surrounded by everybody. That moment slave were telling him to be quiet. Now he has an opportunity to get to Jesus and every single step he takes through that crowd was a step of faith. You want to have a mind that's made up it's going it's to require risk. It's going to require faith. Whenever we live our life focused on Jesus, our faith is essential. Is your faith essential to your life every single day? Because i got to be honest with you. some days I think my faith is optional. I think some days when I wake up, I know Sundays, the days I preach, I know that my faith is essential because I'm not that good at doing this without Jesus. But Mondays... I think it depends what meetings I have. I think it depends on what's going on. Some Mondays, if I've got big stuff going on, I'm like, God, I need you today. But some Mondays, I think I wake up and I just roll in my own strength. And I hate that because I'm a preacher and we're not supposed to do that ever. Some days I can blink and I think, to be real honest, i look back at my week and I think I've probably done three or four days that haven't required that much faith. And then I wonder why I get tired. And I wonder why I get cranky at my kids quickly and frustrated with staff and annoyed at myself And it could be because I've been trying to do it all in my own strength. But I was challenged preparing this sermon to every single day step out in faith and ask the Holy Spirit, would you challenge me today with something that requires faith to do? Just one thing that requires faith to do today because I don't want my faith to stay the same. I want my faith to grow. And if I want it to grow, I need it to exercise. And it only exercises, it only grows with resistance. So I need you, Holy Spirit, to give me something today that's gonna push me. Because then I'm stepping out in faith. Then I'm trusting in God. And then my mind is made up. The third thing I want you to write down. First is what's my focus? Is my focus him? Second, is it require faith? And the third thing, this this sorry, I'm troubling with my microphone. This um this third one is so simple but so profound and so powerful. This one, if, if I was just to just get rid of the other two, I mean, I still think they're pretty good, but this one's, this you can apply to any decision in your life, any decision. It doesn't matter if it's a relationship, it doesn't matter if it's work, it doesn't matter if it's a kid, it doesn't matter if any decision. Ask yourself this one question. Will doing this bring me closer to him? If you had asked yourself that years ago, maybe some of you would not be in the mess you're in. Is doing this, is this job opportunity? Is this deal that's in front of me? Is this relationship opportunity? Is this friendship? Is this boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse? Is it going to bring me closer to Jesus? Because if if I know if I know that it's going to bring me closer to Jesus, then then I can stand stable. I can stand secure. Because if I know it's going to bring me closer to Jesus, I can stand there and look you, you look you in the face and say, yes, my mind is made up. It doesn't mean it won't still be hard, but it does mean you're in a position of strength now to deal with challenges and difficulties that life will bring. But if your mind is not made up, you're unstable and you're shaky and you'll very easily miss your purpose. But if you can ask yourself, is it going to bring me closer to Jesus? Single people, this is one of the greatest things that you can ask yourself when it comes to picking a spouse. Is walking through life with them going to bring me closer to Jesus? Because one of the worst things to marry is potential. And you will frustrate the hell out of yourself and them if you married what they could be one day. Because ultimately you cannot decide that for them. That's between them and God. And if you put yourself in the mix, you'll mess with the whole plan. Is it gonna bring you closer to Him? Because isn't that the goal? Isn't isn't the goal of everything that we're doing and all the things we preach and, and revelations and reading and, and, and praying, isn't, isn't the goal in all of it just simply to get closer to Him so that I can become more like Him? Because if, 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 if I need to become more like Jesus, that's only going to happen by close proximity with Him. And some of us, we have this desire. In fact, all of us have this desire, this innate desire within us because He is our Creator and we're created in His image. And so only true fulfilment is found the closer you get to the Creator of the image of the One that you were created by. But that only happens when you make a decision that I wanna get closer. And I wanna get closer so that I can become more like Him. We were talking about this as a staff recently. And I've been rocked with this thought the last two weeks. As things come across our path and difficulties come, and challenges come and, and hurts come and opportunities come. I've found so much peace in asking myself that question. Pertaining to the decision that you have to make or something that's difficult in your life. Is this gonna bring me closer to Him? Because the goal is and the prayer is Lord, make me more like You. And if this difficulty and this challenge that I'm facing right now, if it's gonna make me more like You, then bring it on. Because the goal is not to live a life without difficulties and challenge. The goal is to become more like Jesus. more like Jesus. If, if, if you were to be real honest, is that your goal? To become more like Him? Even before it is to do things for Him. Because in our religiousness, We can replace becoming like Him with doing things for Him. But but we have to be reminded of how valuable intimacy is to Him. He doesn't need us to do things for Him. He's good at doing things. Like He's really good at doing stuff. It's not like God's up there being like, I really want to do this, but gee, I need Ben's help with it. Like, who do we think we are? He wants wants the relationship. And your mind will be so much more stable and secure and steadfast when you can establish these things. This is what set Daniel up for success right from the start, is he had his mind made up. Because, and it was all about to him, it was all about loving, serving, being obedient to and growing in the God that he served. Nothing else mattered. That's why when it came to Daniel and the lion and the lion's den, it baffles me that we don't hear anything of Daniel trying to plead his case. Think about it. Daniel at that point had incredible favor with the king. Incredible favour. Daniel had influence. Daniel knew people in the king's court. He knew people in the palace. They are walking Daniel to the lion's den. And what is nuts to me is we don't read about Daniel uttering a single word. If I was Daniel, I'd be like, I would fight those jokers all the way to that lion's den. I would be knocking and kicking and screaming and biting every one of those punks. You know why? Because it's not fair. And I remember praying a while ago, asking, why didn't Daniel do something? Try, plead your case, bro, use your influence. And you know what the answer that I just heard in the Holy Spirit? that I felt and it's so evident and you can see it. I think Daniel got to a point where he said, you know what, if this is where it's gonna end, then so be it because my mind is made up and I was never living for anybody else except God. And if living for God results in death, then so be it. goal is to grow, become more like Him. So when you face a challenge, you take a breath and you remind yourself in the middle of the challenge, what do I do now to be more like Jesus? When you get wronged, what do you do now to be more like Jesus? When you're freaking out and you're in fear, what do you do now to be more like Jesus? When you've got challenges and difficulties with your spouse and your marriage, what can I do right now? Me, me, not them, me, to be more like Jesus. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, to stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.